And cue music. Welcome back. Episode 26 of A-Sides. We are rolling. We got a little bit new set up. We got this not in this table we're sitting at. It makes me feel a little bit more uh, like we're doing something instead of just like lounging back in a recliner and a Yeah, more professional chair. or something like that. I got to sit up straight and not slouch over. I know. This looks like a real... I don't know. I would, I'd hate to take a picture of this and put it online because I think people would be under the impression that... We're getting paid or something, but we are not. So, Andy, it's you and me face to face for the first time in God, like forever. Two months? Yeah, I don't know, but it seems like it's been way too long, and it was honestly making me not enjoy this thing as much. Like, it just didn't feel, it felt weird. Yeah, it is. There's like a disconnect on the phone. Yeah, it's not the same thing. But then I was looking forward to this one. Because I was like, yes! <laughs> We're back! Reunited. And because of the bands, too? Or or just the whole thing? No, just the whole thing. I actually enjoy it more when I fucking hate the music. I feel like I have more to write about and yeah. try to be funny. I'm not sure if anyone actually thinks I'm fucking funny. But I think I'm funny. And I, <laughs> I enjoy hearing myself talk. So, yeah, I don't know. It feels good to be face-to-face. And I feel like... Uh, the world's slowly going back to normal one tiny little step at a time. Yeah. I mean, not really, but little things like this, just being able to, like, you know. I guess we could have done this all along. I don't know. I was trying to do what was right. I think you were trying to do what was yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Like, it... We're socially It made sense here. to try to do it, like, apart. Right. Everybody's Zooming and stuff anyways. Right. So... There's been plenty of good music coming out. Yeah. I think. Um, we didn't really... I noticed tonight, um, this thing is going to be posted um, after this thing already airs, but tonight there's a Taylor Swift concert on ABC. Fuck yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah <laughs> nine o'clock, I think. Like, it, just an hour. Is it nine o'clock? Yeah, I think Man, so. that's past my bedtime. On a Sunday when I got to go back to work the next day, shit, I'll fall yeah. asleep like seven o'clock probably. I'll be like, hey, I'm going to stay up and watch this. No, I'm not. My kids would like it. My kids love Tay-Tay. Yeah, because I think it is later, because there's a girl that I work with who's like, she's obsessed with Taylor Swift, and she was saying there's like an American Idol episode, and oh, it's all after shit, that. Yeah, I did see that advertisement, so, yeah. Yeah, like, they should just show that one first, and then have the American Idol thing on after that. Yeah, or they should just cancel American Idol altogether, because who in the actual fuck still watches that show? I mean, yeah, because I even God. had to ask her who's the judges on there, too. Isn't it like Lionel Richie and Katy Perry or something? Yeah, like I think seen... a country guy or something. Yeah, there it is. Like Luke Bryan. Yeah, that's God, a yeah. douchebag. I don't know. Fuck that show. Yeah. That shit's. It just has ran its course, man. That, that stuff got old a long time ago. I'm not really sure why anybody still watches it. It's just too silly for me. Well, as far as albums, um, I guess there's not too much that could have gone on musically since we last got together. I mean, clearly we haven't been to any shows. 
there haven't been any shows really happening short of the, you know. All the live streams. Those, yeah. Which just still really aren't my bag. I've kind of, I've watched some. Friends, pretty much, that's it. Just to be supportive and watch them and stuff, but. Yeah, I've watched people that we know, like, or maybe not the whole thing, but I've. Right. At least tried to click on it and, like, sit with it for a little bit. But I've have been doing some other ones like the only other big one was like metallica they've had metallica mondays where they'll show an old concert on youtube so i'll watch like it's like the full set like two hours and i don't i don't watch the whole thing but i'll watch at least an hour of it or half of it while i'm eating dinner yeah and last week they had one it was like the black album they had like a like i guess they did some European tour dates where they played just the black album in its entirety, but they did it like reverse order. Hmm. And it was kind of So cool. they could close with Inner Sandman? Yeah, yeah, like basically. That's kind of weird. Yeah, so that was like, ended up being like, I think they did that and then their encore was like hit the lights or something and that was it. Hmm. Well, that's a cool encore at least. This beer is interesting. Not what I thought. I mean, it's... Yeah, it says it's coffee, it's but mellow. it's not really. Like, I thought coffee was always like stouts. Yeah, usually that's the combination. I mean, it's got a coffee aftertaste, but I hope it doesn't really give me the jitters. Who is this? Who is this Little Beaver Brewery, Bloomington, Illinois? I wonder if we could get them to sponsor, being you know fairly local and everything. You Little turned me Beaver, on to them because of that Neapolitan. You didn't like it. Yeah, that was pretty weird. <laughs> tell tell the good people what we're gonna be talking about. What albums are this week? I realized. It's almost like an Americana episode. We got American Aquarium. That was out May the 1st. Then there was Butch Walker, May the 8th, with American Love Story. And then recently Jason Isbell with Reunions, just this past Friday. But you were supposed to be able to get it a week early if you ordered it from an indie uh, store, right. right? So I... I'd pre-ordered it from one out in Arizona where I've been buying some stuff. And I've gotten some stuff like... I ordered a Dio album and a Dio uh, concert video and stuff. And basically it shipped like the same, like I got it the same week I ordered it. And now everything's basically stuck in transit. And I don't know if that's because it's like non-essential and everybody's buying shit. So mail's backed up. Yeah. Or what? It's been a weird thing. Like I ordered mine, I ordered mine twice by mistake. I actually, I discovered going through my, uh, my orders on Amazon and I was like oh fuck that's on there twice and I had to delete one of them but anyhow I pre-ordered it like forever ago and I still didn't even get it on time I think it's supposed to be here tomorrow I think my uh email that I I got said the 18th so mine was shipped like this I think it was shipped 7th and it still is stuck way out on the west coast Dude, that's crazy. For some reason, it went from Arizona to California, and then it was supposed to come back, but it's never been scanned or whatever since, Hmm. like, the 12th. Well, dude, I think that I picked up that (coughs) Backyard Babies copy of uh, Total 13. That picture disc is really fucking badass. I've been trying to find that on vinyl for a while, and usually it's really expensive, but I picked it up. It was pretty pricey. I mean, it was like 50 bucks, so I thought that was for something you just can't ever really find. Yeah wasn't too bad of a price but you know it's a little pricey but anyhow i ordered it from like the fucking uk or something like and on amazon and dude i had it in like a week 
shit. Maybe a little bit more, maybe like 10 days or something, but I couldn't believe how fast I got it. Yet I've got all these records that I've like pre-ordered like two months in advance that are just coming from fucking Chicago. And yet I'm getting them like, it's taking like a month to get them. Yeah. You know, some, I mean, I had records that I ordered that I just got like last week. I got... You two or three records. Yeah, there was stuff. a few different things I got. But it was shit that I ordered like... I don't even remember. It was so fucking long ago. I don't even remember how long ago. Back when we did the Testament episode. Yeah, it was like around that time. Yeah. And it was like it took me that long to get that just from Chicago. Yet somehow I got one from fucking overseas in like 10 days. <laughs> but it took me like at least a month to get those other ones. Hmm. It's really crazy. Maybe because that has to go airmail. There's no other way to do it. Whereas the, I think the stuff that I've got, I don't know if it's the case with you, uh, but that record store was doing anything over thirty bucks um, was like free shipping. But their free shipping is the media mail, which is the most basic uh, yeah. uh, shipping. And my boss at work, I asked him about it because we ship shit all the time every day. But there's like we never do. Uh, I guess it's called media mail because right. um, we're shipping sunglasses, so it's usually first class. And he said uh, that media mail is even actually even slower. And he said something too, like first class, if it um, ends up getting like damaged or something happens to it in uh, transit, like they'll still ship it back, like return to sender or something, and ship it back to them, but. If it's media mail and it gets damaged or it's lost, they'll just throw it away and dispose of it. Hmm. So it seems like, I don't know, it's like real shit. So maybe that's why people hate the post office. Yeah, I mean, plenty of people do hate the post office. And the post office is doing plenty of crying about this and that, but I won't get into that. Um, I have friends that worked there for years and are proud postal service people so i won't bash what they do but um they didn't go postal <laughs> but <laughs> no they didn't but yeah it's really a crazy thing i mean much like my phone's gotta stop buzzing or this is gonna annoy the shit out of me i didn't have a lot on this american aquarium thing but i do have some yeah we can i just keep going off on totally side yeah tracked rants here so we should probably get on it so american aquarium lamentations yeah, I had never heard of these guys until you told me about them. And then I realized they've been around since 2005. Yeah, they've been around a while. I've listened to them. You know, they're not a band that I would say I'm a huge fan of, but I do listen to everything that's... I think I've heard every one of their albums. I mean, I'm pretty sure, unless... Yeah, so just... they had 11 albums. Or, um, this is their 11th one. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, have to be almost one a year. Then. Damn near, yeah. I was gonna say it's a lot of records. I maybe I haven't heard them all. Then I don't know. I mean, I've always really liked their stuff. Thought it was really solid, but but yet at the same time, it's never. I don't it's know. Never I've never. Yeah, I've just never gotten super excited. I mean, it's like I, I listened to their albums and I enjoyed all of them, but have never super fanned out over any of the stuff. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with this album. Like I really did. I like it and I've listened to it a few times now. Um, I think what bugs me about this album is there's probably, there are some cool lyrics, but then there's like too many damn cliches too. Like it seems like they just threw every fucking cliche in there that they could in some spots. I mean, some of it's really great, but I think the, 
the opening song, it's like, it has some cool lyrics, you know. I, I like some of it lyrically, but then some of it is just too, it's just too cliche. I mean, that's um, me and mine. The Lamentations title yeah, I think track. That song of. actually like I was listening to it and you know how like we're going down rabbit holes like sidetracks and stuff. That's yeah. basically what this song did to me. I started thinking about all this other shit in the world and in my life. So like I don't know, this song kind of struck a chord, but Yeah, it was like kind of not the first time I listened to it, I didn't like it at all. I was like, oh man. In fact, on my first listen, I was at work and I was kind of busy anyhow, but I listened to it and was like, I just shut it off. I just <laughs> didn't even finish listening to the album. I was like, I don't, maybe I'm not in the right mindset for this or something, but um, the more I listened to it, that one kind of grew on me. It's still not my favorite thing on there. I mean, Before the Dogwood Blooms, I thought it was a really cool song. Um, that Six Years Come September, I like that song. Even though right when it starts, I'm like, is this I'm on Fire by Springsteen? <laughs> it kind of sounds like it at first, you know, but but I I really like that song. Um, and then there was a couple that I thought sounded like like The Luckier You Get. I think that's kind of the obvious hit. Like if they were going to release a hit, I don't, mean, I don't even really know who the fuck has hits anymore, right? But <clears throat> So kind of like everybody still makes music videos and... It's like, yeah, but there's no MTV, really, so what? I don't yeah, even know they're all people. lyric videos now. Yeah, they're I don't like even... like, really basic. Yeah, I don't like those. I think they're stupid. But there's something about... Like, music, to me, is supposed to be enjoyed in its own context. As a song. As yeah. a whole. Lyrics, music... Lyrics don't always look great on paper poems look great on paper you know what i mean but it's yeah, like two different art forms taylor swift and that lover or um, at least one of the songs on that album because we were talking about that before right. it came out but i think one of them was a lyric video and you're like out of context just looking at the lyrics it sounds dumb as fuck but when you're listening to it it's like right oh, like it makes sense yeah yeah i don't like lyric videos for that reason to me Songs aren't meant to be. I mean, I get having like the liner notes and stuff in albums. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like sometimes you want to look at the lyrics and be like, "Oh, what's he saying there?" And are they just like that? What's that? Follow the bouncing ball of the thing, and it almost right. just seems kind of. Yeah, it's just too hokey for me. There's very few that I've seen where it's like, ah, they kind of made that work. Um, you know, I remember Jason Isbell's um, "If We Were Vampires" song having a lyric video that was actually kind of cool. There was something subtle about it, and that song was so fucking good that, you know, it just worked. Yeah. And those lyrics didn't really look bad written out on paper, and it didn't take away from enjoying the song as a song. But I don't think that very many artists pull that off. But anyhow, another rant that only has a little bit to do with what the hell we were even talking about, but... But yeah, I think the luckier you, you get, that song to me sounds like the, you know, their commercial song. That and Long Haul, the last song, which I was surprised that, you know, one of the catchiest songs is at the tail end of the record. But, um, but you know, there was moments in this I liked. This was an album that um, 
you know, it obviously it touches on a lot of political things. I mean, this all three of these albums kind of do that. That was kind of the interesting thing about all three of these coming at the same time on the same episode. Yeah. They're all written from the perspective of somebody who's like, I don't know. Almost kind of frustrated. Frustrated and put frustrated and like feeling some sort of like obligation morally to have to say something or to want to do something, not, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Like conflicted as a human and as an American trying to trying to say like, hey, I don't agree with this, these things going on, but what the fuck am I going to really do? What can I do? I guess I'll write a fucking song. I don't know. But, you know, usually I feel like I kind of bash on bands that have been doing that lately because it just seems like such a fucking bandwagon to, to jump on. But I didn't feel like any of these bands really shit the bed as far as that goes. I thought they all did a respectable enough job conveying their message. And like I've always said, like I don't even care if I agree with your message. I don't have to fucking agree with your opinion yeah. to not think that you did a good job conveying yeah. it. And yeah, because I think that is <coughs> the thing about music too, is you want to make an emotional connection to it. And Right. So I think they're just tapping into that. Right. Know? I they're get it. To give you more than just a pop song. I think the thing is though, some people like really feel that way. And really write the songs out of an honest place. And I think that some people are just trying to jump on a bandwagon. Yeah. And they're, well, this is going on. I feel like I have to say something about it. But, you know, like, me personally, I don't think I'd be good at writing these kind of songs. So guess what? I don't. I don't try to do it because I don't think I'd be good at it. Like, you know, just like, fuck, I'm really not very good at volleyball. So I'm not going to go <laughs> join a volleyball team. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I'm terrible at. So it just it is what it is, man. I can't uh, I can't play the drums very well, so I'm not a drummer. <laughs> so I think that that's the thing is like some people just aren't good at writing this kind of stuff. And these guys, I didn't hate you know, but we'll get to the Butch Walker one I guess later. But it, there was moments where it was kind of like yeah, you know. But yeah, because I even remember this is like another like off topic thing, kind of. But I remember. Way back in like '04, you know, when Bush was up for re-election and stuff, so many of those bands were kind of almost doing that. Like the radio rock bands were kind of a, a thrown in a political song, and I can't remember now for the life of me what song it was. But even Papa Roach had like something, and I'm like, I was kind of at the same point because I was like, like Green Day already did American Idiot, and then I think other bands were kind of jumping on right. that band, like throwing in a song. Oh yeah. Like here or there that had political overtones and it's like it doesn't really work. Uh, yeah, I mean unless you really believe what you're saying and or just are good at I mean that's the thing, is like do you have a real opinion? Are you really educated on the matter? Or are you just regurgitating what all the other all your peers are saying, yeah. your celebrities that we all fucking for some reason go to for our moral compass nowadays, it seems like, with uh, social media and everything, we all seem to get way too uh, too much influence from celebrities and stuff, and it's like, I just it's just not really a good idea. People need to form their own opinions and educate themselves to form an opinion, not just, you know, 
well, so-and-so fucking said this, so... Yeah, or just sharing something blindly that somebody else posts yeah. without really looking at it. Well, that was it. cute. That was worded well, so yeah. I'm gonna, you know... I, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm over. I don't want to really start getting into some big political conversation, but um, I'm kind of over that shit in general with everybody. I don't, I, I don't give a flying fuck if you're on the right or on the left or you're floating somewhere in the middle. It's just, hey, A, fucking have some knowledge of what you're talking about before spewing all these fucking opinions out and berating everybody else and making them feel this big when you really just are taking somebody else's opinion and running with it and you don't really know what you're talking about. A, B, fucking listen to other people like just because you don't fucking share the same yeah. opinion doesn't mean you can't shut the fuck up and let the other person talk and listen to what they have to say right like you might learn something listening to why the opposite view feels the way that they do yeah because i even posted something one morning and i was frustrated and then i just deleted it like a half hour later so i'm like you know i don't want to add like i'm already frustrated with some of the negativity i don't want to add to that negativity so i just deleted it i was like eh. Well, and that is a real thing. Like, these things become contagious and people get riled up and you start feeling a certain way. And then, like, if you really were to stop and just take two steps back yeah. and stop and look at yourself and stop and look at what you're angry about, were you really upset about it? Or was it just, like, yeah. everybody else getting you worked up? Because I'm going through the same shit. Yeah, like, knee-jerk reaction or whatever that's called. I don't know where the fuck we were going. Because, yeah. again, we just got way off track. But, you <laughs> Butch, know... Um, the Butch Walker, American Love Story. Are we moving right? on already? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't say much about the American American Aquarium thing. A Better South. I'll throw that song out there as far as oh, okay. one that I thought was a good political statement and a good... Uh, I liked his perspective and everything and, and how he wrote the song. And I, I, really, I really liked the lyric, you know, sing your song and shut your mouth. Because, like, a lot of people are kind of like, man, just shut the fuck up, man. Just play music, man. You ain't a politician. No one wants to hear your political views. And I'm, like, always on the fence with that, right? Because sometimes I am like, okay, like, you, I don't mind if they put it in a song. I just think that there, to some degree, is some truth to that. Like, I don't need your Twitter account. Like, I don't follow you so you can just blow your Twitter account up with your fucking political bullshit, like, all the time and then you're not even that good at yeah. fucking having an, an educated opinion anyhow but I thought that song I really you know I, I enjoyed the perspective that he, he wrote it from and just kind of the the constant debate between the south and what they argue over you know what's heritage and what's you know wrong like where you know you're holding on to something that's representing hate but you're calling it that's why i think the lyric was uh confusing heritage with hate or something like that i don't know but i i like that that was uh here's one thing to piggyback off you are saying um just shut up and play music i love though i follow tom uh, morello on instagram and i love when people comment on his post and say hey just shut up and play music it's like the dude has a political science degree he's not like just He's not just talking him out of his asshole. Yeah, I mean, he's fairly sharp, you know. <laughs> he's knowledgeable. So. He's fairly sharp. But there <laughs> but there was there was kind of a leg to stand on with the uh, – when they came out and was uh, – their, their ticket prices were 
there was like a whole yeah issue with their ticket prices like they were saying that what they say their cheapest ticket was like 50 bucks but then like no one could find any for less than like oh, 150 I did see or something that. like that because yeah with that Rage Against the Machine tour that was yeah it's now postponed to next summer and he even did say something oh uh, these prices are for charity and you go click on it in the lower bowl and it's like $900 right. it's going to charity I'm like shit who's even going to afford that anyways I mean yeah you're going to need a fucking charity to actually fund you you're going to need like a GoFundMe account just to be able to yeah. save up to afford a fucking concert ticket I mean those guys were kind of full of shit on that like fuck you fuck your charity like you yeah. are going against everything you supposedly stand for uh, with the ticket price yeah. gouging, like that's bullshit. So I think some of it was just because maybe they haven't they haven't played together in what ten years well, or something. Yeah. Some people just jumped on the tickets oh, yeah. right away too. So and they, they and they knew that, and they, I don't know. I just yeah. kind of had to call bullshit on Tom on that one. Like, dude, yeah, like why? Just yeah. shut the fuck up. You're trying to make a bunch of fucking money. You know? Yeah, like as an alternative, instead of doing charity tickets that are super expensive, why not just then? donate part of your uh, revenue from the tour to the charity yeah, instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't sit there and try to, like, bully your fans into paying a bunch of fucking money for your tickets and be like, well, but the, it's for a charity. Well, you're a fucking dick if you don't pay it. Yeah. And I ain't a dick if I don't have $900 for a fucking ticket. I don't give a shit if I'm on the stage with you. I don't have $900 yeah. for that fucking ticket. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, anyhow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to make you more wound up than I know it's just a were. crazy day, man. I had a lot of, I had a lot of caffeine. I drank like a half a pot of uh, coffee. So did I. So that yeah. supposed, you know, yeah, I had coffee. Now I'm having coffee beer. I'm like shit. I know that Death Wish coffee. That's they act oh. like it's so fucking strong. Whatever. I don't know. Over overhyped. The funny thing is, dude, I bought it just because I wanted to try it because I just saw people sharing this coffee yeah. like oh hey, I'm drinking death wish coffee i'm like oh it's a skull and crossbones on the package it must be cool well it's good like it's good enough tasting coffee but then you know they're claiming that it's the world's strongest coffee or some shit and there's like this whole scientific explanation as to why it's stronger than other coffees i don't know i'm probably making it sound way more complex than what it it's really was i can't remember what it said basically. yeah well here's the deal you read the instructions of how like they tell you to do like two and a half tablespoons per six ounces of water. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, you could just take regular ass Folgers and make it like that and it's gonna be strong as fuck. It's yeah, gonna because it says one to one for any coffee that I've bought. So, <laughs> I know. so of course like two to one is gonna yeah. be stronger. It's like, okay, so <laughs> normally I'll do like six scoops to make like eight cups of coffee, like a little over half of a pot. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're telling me to do two and a half scoops for not even one fucking cup. <laughs> like so, of course it's going to be strong. Yeah. Duh. Um, so, you know, like you said, it's just good marketing, I guess. Uh, but people buy it, hook, line, and sinker. I saw a conversation between some people on Facebook, and I'll just leave names completely out of it, but somebody said that, like, oh, yeah, man, that stuff gave me the fucking jitters. I was all shaky afterwards. It's like, man, if you make it like regular-ass coffee, it's good coffee. But it doesn't fucking kill you. 
I mean, you're not going to have a heart attack after drinking it. But if you make it like they tell you to, then yeah, you probably might. I don't know. Shit, I was running around like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, I mean, you make that. any coffee after that, and uh, you make any coffee like that with that ratio, you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, that, unless that's what you want, I don't know. I just personally want to enjoy my coffee. I'm not trying to like take one sip and fucking shoot through the ceiling. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, yeah, okay, it's better taste in coffee than Folgers, right? Like I wouldn't spend twenty dollars on this little fucking bag if it wasn't. But I think that's the other thing too. It's like they're telling people to basically just go through it, yeah, so that they can sell more bags of their. You know, so like I guess we're not going to get Deathless Coffee as a sponsor. No, I don't even <laughs> care. It's good coffee. I'll drink it. I'm just, I'm just saying. People, you know, people are fucking dumb, and they just prove that. So you can. There's plenty of other good coffees too. I mean, but I don't know. Another rant. Another rant is over. Yeah, this is just a rant episode. <laughs> that was a rant about my rants. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> somehow you fucking. <laughs> You apologized for sending me off onto a rant, and then you apologizing for my rant sent me on another fucking rant. Well, so, Butch Walker. Who doesn't love some Butch Walker? This guy's had like a a long career, starting with The Marvelous Three, all into his first uh Solo record, Left of Self-Centered, which was a great pop masterpiece. And Butch pretty much believes it's a piece of shit and hates everything on it. (laughs) The dude cracks me up because it's like... I always enjoy artists that embrace their new music and don't feel like they have to, like play the hits, so so to speak, right? Like, because you know, you got most people that are just gonna be like, man, fuck that, play something we know. (laughs) Well, no one really, like, there's not a wide audience. I think that's what I was thinking with Butch, like, was when some of these albums weren't coming out, or they were delaying them, but then, like, Jason Isbell and Butch Walker were sticking to their dates that they've had for months. I was like... They are kind of like, these two guys are like the biggest, I feel like they're still cult artists, but they're like the biggest cult artists you can be. And they're like, well, our fans are going to buy it regardless anyways. Like us, right. we pre-ordered most of these things. Oh, yeah. I actually haven't bought the Butch yet. I, I didn't either, but I mean. I didn't mean to not. I kind of like this album. I'm always hit or miss with him. Like this guy, he's so, and this album actually is like the perfect representation of his last few records like damn near everything after letters i thought letters was an absolute masterpiece there's not really any butch fans i know that doesn't think that like most of us all agree like yeah you know that that's like his masterpiece like he just fucking hit his peak with that record and i saw him i think twice on that tour i think i know i saw him once i've seen him a good handful of times but i want to say i saw him twice on that tour anyhow he was killer. He was fucking on fire. And then it was like, ever since then, he put shit out that it's like, either I fucking love it or I hate it. It's like, I just can't. I mean, for the, and I say that, and it's like, most of it, really, I don't really love it. And most of it, I don't really hate it. But See, because for me, I really like, like, I have been, like, maybe more of a beginner with Butch. Whereas, like, you and Denny and 
and Brian and Chris, you guys have been with Butch for like the long haul. I've been just like a last couple of years. Yeah. But I really like Stay Gold. And that I really was a great like record. the Spade. I like more of that stuff. Yeah. Than like some of that poppier earlier stuff. I like more of that stuff. The sound. kind of Americana. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Stay Gold a lot. A lot of people liked the Spade a lot. And I kind of. But then I didn't connect with that one. Uh, the one in between, there was one in between, right, where he was doing more of that uh, singer-songwritery, yeah. uh, one with, like, the, Ryan uh, Adams. Chrissy Hind. Basically trying to yeah. make a Ryan Adams record. What's weird is I really didn't like that record at all. Like, there's songs I liked on it. But, but I like Bet on Fire. I think that's that a song great song. Awesome. That song's the shit. The rest of the record was a totally just snooze yeah. fest as far as I was concerned. And I want, I mean, I liked what he was going after. It's just, look, I mean, Ryan Adams yeah. does it better. yeah. But a lot of people, what's weird is I know people that totally got turned on to him on that record. And that was their, like, like they fucking loved it. And they probably don't, these are people that would go back and listen to the Marvelous 3 stuff and be like, well, this is fucking dumb. I don't, this ain't the same guy. Like, they wouldn't <laughs> yeah. believe that it was the same guy. But, uh. Yeah, but then it is cool that he's the same guy that's produced, like, Pink and Weezer and even the Green Day when we talked about. Yeah, I mean, he's. He has a really admirable career. Like, I like the fact, I like what he does in the sense that he almost has the dream job for an artist and for a musician and a producer because, you know, he gets to make all of his money and pay all his fucking bills producing and writing Pink and Avril and... Green Day and just whatever, yeah. Fallout Boy. I mean, he's made so much fucking money doing those things. So, like, he doesn't really have to worry whether his solo stuff sells. He gets to just do what he wants to do. Man. And if he breaks fucking even on that shit, then great, you know? But that's what he loves doing. And it really is kind of like, for any aspiring singer, songwriter, producer... I mean, I look at it and I'm like, God, it's like a fucking wet dream for me, man. Like, I'd love to be able to do that and just do, write whatever the fuck I want, make my money doing this. I mean, you know, so I don't know. He's got a, he's got a cool career. I wish I got as excited. Like, I really liked Stay Gold. When that came out, though, I wasn't very excited about it because I honestly was just, I had not had my dick knocked in the dirt since letters. And so I just thought, well, it's just, at this point, man, there's too many bummers that he's put out to where I'm just not excited to hear his stuff anymore. But then, like, that Stay Gold was a really, uh, that was a really surprising album. Like, I, and it was one of those when I first heard it, I thought, ah, this is probably the best thing he's done since letters. But I still wasn't super excited about it. But then it grew on me, and I was yeah. like, fuck, man. And actually, that album turned me on to Ashley Monroe because there's the oh, duet that they do. vocals and stuff on there. Yeah, there's the... Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I don't even remember the name. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, man. I'd have to have it in the album in front of me. Uh, God damn, what the fuck is it called? Yeah, the only ones I can remember are East Coast Girl, A Mexican Coke... And then Stay Gold. Those are the only like song titles that are popping in my head. It's killing me. I can hear it, and I can't think yeah. of the word. Like I can hear the fucking song in my head, and I can't think of the word. But, um, but no, that made me look into Ashley Monroe stuff, and I've been an Ashley Monroe fan ever since. I mean, I just goddamn, I fucking adore her fucking voice, and she has some great songs. Um, 
and just getting into her got me into a lot of um, kind of other, you know, modern country female artists. Like Margot Price has some great stuff, and she's got a new album coming out in a month that we're going to have to talk about. Descending, God damn it. I was on the tip of my tongue the whole fucking time. But that was like, I thought the best song on the record. And then I'm like, oh shit, who's Ashley Monroe? Like, I think I've heard that name, but I'm not sure. So, you know, that album turned me on to her too, so. Anyhow. Um, but we're not here to discuss Stay Gold, Andy. Yeah. Quit fucking going off on tangents like this. Yeah, okay, it's my fault. Hey, but Stay Gold was awesome. I love that one. It was a good one. So American Love Story. Right out the gate, I was irritated. Like that whole intro track and he's saying, are we having a conversation? Are we having a conversation? Yeah. About halfway through it, man, I just I just was like, I pictured Samuel L. Jackson. Say, say are we having a conversation one more time, motherfucker? I dare you. Like, <laughs> I'm just picturing his character in Pulp Fiction screaming that. Butch, like you know, pointing a gun at him, like because I, I was like, "Fuck, man, yeah. really? This is a pretty rough start to this record." Yeah. You know, I'm I'm pretty angry right out the gate and annoyed with you. And luckily, you know, I'd heard the Gridlock song before because it was one of the earlier releases, and I didn't really care for it that much. I was like, "Yeah, it's okay, whatever." But wow. I dig it more now, listening to the album. It like grew on me. Hmm. So. You're looking at me all. You're looking at me like, hmm, like you got something up your sleeve. Uh, we'll continue. continue okay. <laughs> you just want me to go through all everything I have to say about yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe, or maybe that's not the best idea. If I was going to go through all these songs, this is what this is. These, I'll just read everything I wrote while listening to. This I have album. more ideas, I think, than song by song. Because gridlock, like I said, I dig it now. It grew on me. It's one of the more solid tracks. Flyover State, on the other hand, I fucking hate this song. I hate... That's the same thing I thought, because I loved Gridlock. I thought that was the best song on the album, but then the next song, it's the worst song on the album. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? How did you think this was a good idea? That shit... I mean... That, this song irritates the me. The In the Jungle like, like, yeah. song. I mean, the what the fuck is that song called? I don't even remember. Is that just what it's called? Oh, in the Jungle? Away, yeah. But how he just like plagiarized... I mean, Butch... Oh, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Yeah. And he always just plagiarized yeah. shit. And it's all over this record, just like any other record he's ever done. But it's like, that? Like, at what point did you listen to that song and go, man, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, nobody it's ever... It's almost like he's trolling people oh, who bought it or He something. wanted us to get pissed off, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like... And the thing is, it wouldn't even be too terrible of a song, but then that comes in and you're like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. Fuck you, Butch. <sighs> and then that six-foot middle-aged American man, like, I appreciate the play on words with yeah. the title of the Kiss song, obviously. I almost um, thought maybe it would have been better if he just covered that. But then he'd probably have to pay royalties to those guys. That would be more than he'd probably make. Shit, I wouldn't be surprised if he has to anyhow just because he borrowed enough from it. Just You know, and I like... Here's the thing about this one. This song, the chorus is stupid, but I really like the verses, and I like what he's touching on as far as the content goes, okay? And I think he's doing a good job. Until it comes to the hook, and then it's like a stupid generic hook that just doesn't do the rest of the song any favors. And then he hits that part in the bridge where he's 
has the lyric about the tissues for daddy issues. Oh, I wrote that down. Tissues for daddy issues. Dude, I love that line. I hated it. It officially, I love that line. the song starts off. And like I was saying, like, I think the verses are up here. Like, this is some good lyrical content. I'm like, yeah, Butch, I'm with you. I'm digging what you're saying. And the chorus comes and it's like, ah, man, I don't know. I ain't feeling this anymore. And then you're back to the verse. And it's like, all right, now I'm kind of getting back into it. Then you're back to the chorus. And then it hits that bridge with the tissues for the daddy issues thing. And it's like, it's like, okay, I just officially went to the toilet at that point, right? Like, I just got to flush this turd down and move <laughs> See, on I to thought the it was so thing, silly that it worked. I just, it made me mad, I guess. I don't know. I didn't. But the weird thing is, so the next song, Fuck It, I Don't Like Love. I like that one a lot. I thought it was great. Yeah. Even though the fucking verses are taken on the run by REO Speedwagon. Yeah. I mean, it's like the melody is almost a note for note fucking rip off but that's what he does and it's great it works the chorus it's fun the hook is generic as fuck but it's like that charming generic that works you know what i mean like like it's just it's probably as old school butch as you're gonna get out of him at this point like it reminded me of something off the first solo record but without big guitars you know mm. it was probably the like i said the closest thing you're gonna get to old school butch i guess see that was one thing with like talking about how you said it was ario speedwagon or you did the lion sleeps tonight and stuff like that like i skipped those pre-release songs because i think he had three or four like everybody does and i skipped those because i knew this was going to be like a concept record uh but then denny sent me a text where he basically said he's He's really ripping off like 70s AM like rock and roll. Right. So then I was like, so then the first time I listened to this, I was actually going through, well, like, what does this sound like to me? And then I'm like, shit, I felt like I was trying to pick this apart or something. So then I had to kind of go listen to like, I was glad the Isbell one came out. So I listened to that. But then I went back to the butch to then go in without any kind of, because I wanted to go in without expectations. But then Denny said that. So then I went and tried to pick this apart. But then... It was like, I wanted to put all that shit out of my head. But one thing to not go too far or to backtrack is how I said I liked uh, um, Gridlock, but you weren't as sold on it. That, to me, sounded straight up Lindsey Buckingham, like Tango in the Night. Did you get that mm-hmm. vibe from yeah, that Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I didn't think that before, but I can see it now. Because okay, I got that vibe, and I'm like, I really like this song, and it just sounds... This is like my favorite. I think Gridlock was my favorite sounding song of any of these albums. I think Out in the Open was my favorite track. I really like it. It has a very, uh, it starts off, it has a very Toto Africa kind of thing, you know, but I I like the lyrics. Um, Again, I think that he actually did a pretty good job at, you know, conveying a message that he was, you know, trying to write about. And, uh, you know, it was like, cause it was real compassion, right? Like it was yeah. something that seems to be, seems to be missing when I see people that identify as the compassionate liberal left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the word liberal just doesn't even mean what the fuck it means anymore. If that makes any sense, yeah. because I just, I see so many people that say that they're liberal in their political beliefs and everything, but then they act like way less tolerant than anyone I've ever met in my fucking life to a yeah. degree that's like, dude, do you even know what the 
fuck that word means and what do you know what liberal means do you know what tolerant means do you know like all these things that you are claiming (laughs) as a way of life and as part of your personality but i don't want to go off on that fucking tangent but close mind but my point is with this out in the open song i feel like the lyrics and what it's about and it's about like this bully that fucking you know yeah like he's change of heart yeah like he's looking at he's looking at the bully from a different point of view like man i'm fucking sorry that you're this way i don't understand why you're this way but you know and just that whole thing of trying to see somebody else's side of something and that's real I commend him for, I mean, ah, fuck, I don't know. It's a song. He might be a total dick and not, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I've met him before, but not long enough. It's not like I got to know the fucking guy. He was, seemed like a nice guy and everything, right? But, um, you know, you can write one thing and be completely different than what you're writing too. But I'm just saying as far as the song goes and as far as the message he's trying to make, it seems pretty sincere and it seems pretty honest. And I think that when you are sincere... Or at least do a really fucking good job at being sin- seeming sincere. Uh, it helps the song go a long ways. And I think that's why that song works so much for me. That and that fucking guitar solo on the outro is great. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's about time. Like, we all know you can play the fucking guitar <laughs> like a motherfucker, but you never do it anymore. And there's like those rare moments where he does, and it's like, God damn it, Butch, do that shit more often, man. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so that was the highlight for me. And I do like the last song, Forgot to Say I Love You. I thought that was a pretty solid ballad. Might grow on me even more with time. I mean, uh, but the rest of the record wasn't really like a home run for me. Mm. I mean, I could do without some of the other songs. Torn in the USA, I thought was fucking stupid. And There was one, though, too, speaking of like, I don't know if it works, that... Blinded by the white. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if that needed to be. Like, he's just trying to throw out every kind of clever white thing <laughs> in there just to throw in white. I'm like, yeah. You're kind of, I don't know. I feel like the second half of the record was just filler, like obvious filler material. Like, it just wasn't as solid. Even, yeah, because I think he basically got the message of the album across in the Out in the Open song that you're right. talking about. You just mentioned that. I think, yeah, he basically uh, summed up the album in that song. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I mean, he had an agenda with this record. But... It was hit and miss in its moments, I think. Uh, you know, where he... Where he succeeded in having the perfect storm of good lyrical content, achieving what you're trying to achieve and getting your point across and actually having a good song at the same time. Like that's the thing that a lot of these people forget is that song, I don't give a fuck what you're trying to sell me on. Okay. If you write me a goddamn song about Dyson vacuum cleaners and you're trying to sell me a Dyson vacuum cleaner, then you know what? If it's a good enough fucking song, like if it's just catchy and it's got all the right fucking ingredients, I'm going to be like, by the end of it, I'm going to be like, fuck yeah, dude, and I can't stop singing that song. Next thing you know, I'm going, I'm at Walmart, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy one of those fucking Dyson vacuum cleaners because I can't get the fucking song about Dyson vacuum cleaners out of my head. That's that's one thing, too, that I was even thinking about this. I was listening to this in my car, like, one of the days, and I felt 
I felt myself getting inside your head, or you were in my head, because I was listening to this. I do that sometimes. Uh, some of those songs, and I was like, Brent would say, this isn't really a song. This is just like an idea. Is it a solid song? So that's kind of why I felt like that gridlock was actually one of the best songs, because it's it's good lyrics, but it's good music, too. It's not just, it's unlike that torn in... <clears throat> In the USA, or not that torn in the USA, but that blinded by the white, where he's just throwing out something to try to have right. something catchy, but it's not really a song, so so it served no purpose. Yeah. Even that introductory thing of yeah. the conversation. There was way too many songs. That didn't that, need to be there either. Too many little things that were just like these little minute and a half deals that were like, yeah. you know, and some of them, like the little bit that he had going on, if he completed it and made it a fucking song, it's like, that would have been cool, I think, but he just yeah. didn't, I don't know. Uh, there was one thing, though, with how uh, some of the songs sounded like other songs. Like, you can pick that apart. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. that sounds like this. Or this kind of reminded me of Fleetwood Mac. There was something in that Torn in the USA, and I wrote it down. And I was like, there's some riff in that song where it's like, but it's not the full like riff. He just kind of throws out some little guitar part. And I'm like... What is this? This sounds well, like there was something a foreigner angry. song. That's what I wrote down. Foreigner, Blue Morning, Blue Day, and I went through a foreigner's greatest hits just because I knew that it sounded like foreigner, yeah. but I didn't know which foreigner song. And I actually went through, I spent one afternoon, I swear to God, going through a foreigner <laughs> like greatest hits YouTube like. Why well, could have spared you the time, man? Playlist. And I was she like, she said, "Hey, what is this song?" Because actually, I wasn't the one that caught it. I mean, I I hadn't even listened yeah. to it. Did yet. Did you think it was Blue Morning Blue Day? Or yeah, well, only because Chris have? Waters actually texted me and was like, because I had texted him about something and about the record, and then he said something about oh, because I said something about fuck it, I don't like love being the REO Speedwagon song. Oh, okay, and he's like, yeah, um, Torn in the USA is uh, Foreigners. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. You just said it. And I'm just, a blue morning. Blue, blue morning, day. blue day. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so I actually. Oh, so I was on the right track. No, you were. He t- but he oh, told me before I even listened to it. Oh, so like okay. I went into it and was like, oh, yeah, fuck, he's right. Like I knew it right when I heard it. I was okay. like, okay, yeah, he's right. And then. It's so, like that Daniel Decay thing, like talking about Megadeth. Like I'm trying to hear. I don't know all the stuff that you know with like guitar tones and then, like, amps or pedals or something. So, like, I felt talking to him, like, lost. I'm like, well, to my ears, uneducated ears, this kind of sounds like Megadeth. But then he goes, yeah, man, we did this, 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 and this. And I'm like, uh. Right. You you totally lost me. And then he said something like, no, dude, you were on the right path. I was just elaborating. So, like, see, like, I think stuff sounds like stuff, but I don't know the technical shit. So that's right. why I'm like, I'm like, I'm in over my head sometimes. <laughs> No, his dude, that dude's interview was a trip. Definitely need to get more interviews. I enjoyed it, man, listening to it. It made me jealous a little bit. Like, man, I want to do some interviews. Obviously, I don't know how to do it because I didn't because <laughs> I didn't go about it. I probably didn't even go about it the right way. You know, it's just... I've hey, tri- yeah, you I've tried straight for the Paul Stanley. Like, I've tried. I did, didn't like, I? I know. Paul Stanley. All right, we're going to fucking do it. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm emailing <laughs> Doc McGee and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit. You know what though? Because hey, it, man, hey. that's pretty bold though. But I, hey, I if you got, like, if we ended up getting the interview, how badass would that be? Yeah. We'd be sitting here just with swinging our fucking dicks, like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Only a few months in, and we're interviewing Paul Stanley. Fuck you. Yeah. Damon Johnson want to be back on the show? I'd be like, nah, man, we don't, we don't really fuck with guys like you anymore. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, I love Damon Jonathan. <laughs> we got the Paul Stanley Millie. <laughs> I know. Oh, man, Damon's great. I'd love to fucking yeah. talk to him again. That was a really good time. Um, I'm hoping that we can do some interviews that are face to face. Yeah, once uh, shows pick up and stuff, which is a totally another rabbit hole, I guess. Oh Jesus, but, yeah, we're probably. I wouldn't get too excited about that happening anytime yeah. soon. So. So yeah, especially man. if shows happen, I'm probably not going to be able to be like, "Well, I ain't going to sit face to face with this guy and pick yeah. up some uh, cold before I got to go play." Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, it's going to have everybody so weird. I can't. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what the fuck's going on, dude. We're all going to have to be like, you know, you're going to have to be able to do this yeah. and not touch a person. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody could see what I was doing, but <laughs> yeah. hey, Andy knows. Just saying, you're going to probably have to like be like an arm's length yeah. apart from everyone. And then, and dude, playing shows is going to be a bummer because like if you're the band, you're never going to, well, not never, but at first it just might be weird. Like you don't have a full capacity crowd and. There's yeah. all these gaps between people and shit. And then if like everyone's that, wearing a face mask, too, it's like... Oh, it was like that Creatures of the Night tour, where didn't they say Paul Stanley or some of those guys were throwing out picks and they were going over everybody's head because there's nobody on the floor? <laughs> That's sad. Creatures of the Night was the shit, too. Yeah. That fucking album rules. Well, I've got know. one last thing to say about this American love story. Because I wasn't sure, because I don't know about you, but I thought... Uh, some of this, like with concept albums, I'm like, they're either hit or miss. Right. Then I knew it was going to be a political one, and I'm like, oh, shit. I was actually kind of cringing. I'm like, this could be really bad, or it could be uh, decent. And some of it was kind of cringy, because I'm almost like, is he just taking a stereotype and running with it? Mm-hmm. But then I thought of this. This was at work the other day. Uh, there's a dude who, like, works there that I thought was, like, total, like, bro dude. I'm like, man, he's he's got to be, like, a bro guy. Like, I don't know. I don't talk to him, but he just seems like some workout bro. Oh, like, what's up, bro? Like, yeah, but uh, I think he's even got a mohawk or something. What's wrong with that, bro? What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was sorting mail, and I had the radio on, like, the classic rock station. And uh, Cheap Tricks, I Want You to Want Me was on. And it's the live version or something. And I'm like, I don't really care about that song. It was just background something, you know, so I could have something on. Right. I'm like, I don't care about that song. And there's a bunch of songs on the radio I don't care about anymore. After working in radio for so long, here are the same songs. I'm like, yeah, like, fuck it. Uh, but then he he comes in and is passing through my area. Here's that cheap trick song. And he starts snapping. And he goes, man, this is a fucking jam. And I was kind of like... A, my initial reaction was like... You've never heard this? I was like, <laughs> this cheap trick song, I Want You to Want Me, is a fucking jam. But then he walked through the room, and I was like, no, wait. Actually, I, I listened to the song in a whole new light. I'm like, that actually is a fucking jam, that live version. Because well, those guys yeah. are fucking rocking the shit out of that song. And I'm like, you know... Maybe he hasn't heard it every single day working in radio his whole entire adult life so far like I have. Right. Whatever. <clears throat> so, yeah, like, it is a jam. And I'm like, it's kind of the same thing with this Butch Walker thing. Maybe it's a little over top, um, over the top, but the message is don't judge people. You know, like, right. I'm judging this guy being a bro or something. Right. I'm like, 
Well, you know, like we both can relate. The Cheap Trick song's good. Right. So, yeah, don't go judge somebody because you don't know who they are. Yeah, Andy, Dick. <laughs> so, yeah, like I was even judged. See, I am hey. judging. I even judged that Black Sabbath guy. I'm like, oh, fuck. Black Sabbath's cool, but you're wearing the wrong fucking album t-shirt. Number <laughs> you, you number four liking four, dude. And I'm like, oh, shit, number four is good. So, see, I'm judging. Maybe Butch is speaking to me. Yeah, it's awfully bold being that judgy for a guy who thought Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath was the best record. <laughs> hey, I'll admit it when I'm wrong. That's the thing, though. I'll admit uh, it That's the important thing is just being wrong and admitting you're wrong. That's what nobody can fucking do, and that's the problem with the world. Yeah. Just fuck, be wrong. Just goddamn yeah. be wrong. Like, that's yeah. the thing that people just need to tell their kids. Just fucking be wrong every yeah. once in a while. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. And when you're wrong, just be like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Stupidest thing I've ever said. I was wrong. I was glad I was wrong. I learned something out of being wrong. Yeah. Fuck me. Look at how that works, you know? It's just like, dude, I was having a conversation with someone just the other day, and it got on the political topic. And this is somebody that I don't see eye to eye with at all, right? Politically, not otherwise. And I'll just leave names out of it because I'm not trying to piss anyone off, and it is somebody close to me, but... um, it was just really funny because, like, I, I was saying things that was really unpopular with this person. But it was like, instead of discussing it or whatever, it just was always like, well, whatever, fuck it, shut up, I don't want to talk about it. And uh, it's like, well, geez, I mean, what the fuck are we, just yeah. just talk. Like, I'm not yeah. mad at you for not agreeing with me. And don't be mad at me just because I'm not saying all the shit you want me to say. Like, yeah. I'm just challenging you to think. Challenge me to think, right? Like... You want me to see your side of things, then say something that's going to make me fucking believe you. Again, when I just feel like it's somebody that's regurgitating something they've heard from somebody else, yeah, I'm just like, ah, I mean, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I mean, this person isn't going to listen, but at the same time, I'm not trying to shit on anyone, but, you know, life's a pretty interesting thing right now and what we all consider yeah. to be... Uh, the truth and the number and the the media sharing information and what we consider facts is just fucking crazy yeah. to me because it's such a weird such a weird world where you can like share opinions and disguise them as facts and then people just buy a hook line and think they're just like oh yeah it's a fact you know yeah or that's the thing where people make fake memes where it's like with the picture of like <laughs> Mick Jagger and it's a quote but then it has somebody else like I saw Paul one McCartney's today name. I saw There's one today on that was like some quote and it was a picture of Prince and then it said Lars Ulrich Metallica <laughs> <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious yeah. I was like dude that is so true and it like yeah. it touches on everything that's going on right now because look man this is basically how everything in the media works right now see yeah, so you can quote anything yeah. and just share it I don't know why. Why are we on this team? I don't even know. This is all my fault. I'm kind of. Right. It's the caffeine, man. We're all hopped up on this caffeine. All right, all right. I take everything I said back about <laughs> Death Wish coffee. Apparently, that shit fucking works. So, Death Wish, if you yeah, want to send us some fucking place. coffee. <laughs> oh man, I just I don't know. I I felt like just maybe it's because we haven't had any contact with the outside world other than our jobs or our family true and we haven't seen each other in a long time (laughs) i think we're super excited just to sit here and talk i am because i don't know my wife frankly 
just rolls her eyes at me every time I try to talk. <laughs> I go on a rant about something, and she'll just be like, oh, my God, here we go. Anyhow, Jason is building the 400 unit. <laughs> Let's talk about those album reunions. You want to start? You want me to start? Sure. You, I felt like know, I started I the I've last one. I think deferred for you, or like deferred to you every um, album so far to let you start. I feel like I've talked a lot. Um, I will say with Jason Isbell, I really like the pre-release songs. I actually did for this one. I listened to all those pre-release songs, and I liked them. And I know you had said before, I think even when we were talking about John Moreland, you're like, this dude set the bar pretty high, whereas I usually like Jason Isbell. But now this dude is up here. So, like, Jason Isbell's got to, like, right. he's got to do some hurdles or something or, like, some uh, somersaults to get over this um, gap. And I was like... Um, he didn't have to. He didn't have to really impress me too much because I already liked some of the songs. I knew what I was going to get, but the rest of the album, I really liked it. And for me, maybe it's trying to like with my ears, what I'm hearing and trying to relate it to something else. I feel like <clears throat> I like those last couple Ryan Adams albums, uh, the self-titled and the Prisoner. They had that kind of like Bruce Springsteen-y like sound. And I was thinking to myself today, I was like, uh, that this is what that Jason Isbell, maybe he's going for that kind of sound with this album. Because a lot of it has something, I don't know, maybe reverby guitar solos right. or something. But then I looked up an article and it actually said that that Dave Cobb that produced all those Americana albums, he actually deliberately did try to make it sound more polished. Right. So then I kind of was on the right track. But yeah, like I liked, uh, there's like Overseas and Running With My Eyes Closed. And I really liked like, like every song in this album, I liked it. It was my favorite overall <coughs> album of these three, even though The Butch, I might have had more to say about it because it's so like, like hit or miss right. or something. So that gives you more to talk about. More to about, bash on too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the Jason is, but I liked it. I'm glad I bought it. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to get my vinyl copy, but um, you know, my first initial thought, uh, the first time I listened to it, I was on the treadmill. Not exactly a workout album, right? Yeah, so I thought that later when he's told me, like, I just kind of asked, like, I don't really want to talk about it before we sit down to right. talk about it, but then I thought about you saying that, and I'm like, well, I just went for a walk and listened to this album. And I think that that was kind of a perfect thing. Right. Or something to kind of well, absorb it while you're not really... Even the preview songs, I was like, yeah, I didn't really care for them at first, but probably because it was like, oh, hey, did you hear the new Jason Isbell? And yeah, I pull it up yeah. on my phone and just listen to it real quick. Well, so I started thinking about how it was coming out and everything, and I'm sitting out in the garage the other night having a few beers smoking a cigar, just kind of chilling by myself. It's a fucking fantastic night. No wife, no kids. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't listening. But uh, they, uh, I listened to those songs again, and I actually kind of, I mean, I, I liked them. I absorbed them more, right? Like I digested the songs and because a lot of his stuff like that is how I think the only reason Southeastern hit me so hard the first time I listened to it was because the first time I listened to it 
was sitting in my rocking chair with a drink, and all I was doing was listening to that album. Yeah. And so it was like that magical moment of, like, that is the perfect way to fucking listen to that album for the very first time. That's the perfect way to listen to that album, period. But if you just were, like, driving in your car or, like, doing a workout or something else while listening to it, like, it's not going to... It's not the record for that. Like, you're not getting the whole fucking thing. You're not soaking it all in. Yeah, because I thought the Butch thing was perfect for driving around. And that's when I actually listened to it the most, was in my car. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, a good car record. I haven't driven really hardly anywhere this whole week, but... um, And, you know, the weird thing, like, so... Not to backtrack here and talk about other albums, but Southeastern was so fucking good. Like, it just raised the bar for everything when that album came out. Like, I couldn't listen to anything else the same afterwards. I couldn't even write a fucking song. Yeah, because I know you were all about... That's when we really started hanging out a lot. And you were you were all about that album, and we went to the show with Courtney. Oh, my God, yeah. And like, yeah, you were, like, blown well, away. Yeah, because we saw him, what, twice? Did you go both times on that tour? Yeah, there was 2013 and then uh, 2014. Yeah, there was, like, two different summer, legs. The one yeah. that was actually sold out. Like, weren't we up in the balcony, and we were able to go down on the floor and kind of yeah. push it up? There wasn't... I see. I'm trying to remember because I didn't go. I think the sold out show was for something more than free when that came out. Oh, really? Because I went twice on the southeastern leg. There was two different legs of south of the southeastern tour, and he played both times. Oh, okay. I know I've seen him four times, and I remember all four. I'm trying to think of how many times I've seen him. Four, I think, too. Yeah. But I saw him twice on that southeastern tour. I mean, and honestly, the first time. Dude, we like. I was like right up front. Like we just walked up. I thought we were from here to the Halloween poster, basically. Probably both times I saw him, those first two times, we were like that close. Yeah. See, I want to say the first time it was just me and Courtney. Oh. And then I want to say the second time was when it was me and you and maybe you saw him a previous Chris and Brian, I think. Um. No, I remember going in the fall. It was like October, and you and I and Courtney went. Cause, Cause, you were talking about it, and it was a Sunday night, and we oh, went. But the okay. one that was in the summer was us and Brian and Chris, and that's the one where Brian hung out. At, oh yeah, yeah, and ended up getting. Yeah, because I think there, we yeah. were talking because it was a Thursday night. I remember this though because I had to work the Night Ranger show the next day with GLO. Right. And I remember this. So you were uh, because there both Corey times. and I were talking yeah. on the sidewalk, and she's like. Well, I got to work today. She was mad. Or the at me. next day. It was already that day. It was already after midnight. Right. And we're like, we just got to go because you and she... Brian were trying to meet. <laughs> yeah. I think the bus was on the sidewalk. And we're like, we just got to go. And she kind of dragged you away. But I think Brian met him. Yeah, he ended up hanging out. It took him forever to come out for some reason. But yeah, but yeah that was the one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, long story longer. And uh, where the fuck were we going with this? I don't know. Either. Yeah. I got lost. Too. Well, I was going to say something more than free was kind of weird because coming off of uh, Southeastern. He just set his own bar too high. It was so that. high, yeah. yeah. And at first, I thought, man, Southeastern, uh, something more than free is really good, but I don't know. Like, it kind of wasn't doing it for me at first. Yeah. But then I really, like, that one... I would say that one grew on me with time more than any other album of his. Like, it just, I mean, it's a great fucking record. That's a really, I mean, it's right up there with Southeastern. 
I mean, it's really, it is as good as Southeastern. It's just a different kind of record and it's a different kind of good. But I don't, Nashville sound was really good too. But I felt like it was missing like See, it didn't depth. stick with me as much. Right. I don't know if maybe that's because the other ones you told me about these albums and it kind of set the bar high. Yeah. But I thought this one, I was like, I don't know, it's got that kind of, I was trying to relate it to that Ryan Adams sound. Right. And I was like, maybe that's why it sticks out more. I don't know. See, the Nashville sound I really liked at first, but I don't go back and listen to it. I find I just don't find myself going back yeah. and listening to it now. Yeah. yeah there was the obvious, you know, fucking home runs on that record. But I guess we are talking about the new one. But for me, the new one is just, as far as comparing it to everything else he's done, it's just kind of okay. I'm hoping it grows on me with time. It has already. I think Dreamsicle's a cool song. Only Children is a fucking home run. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, like with the last record that if we were a vampire song was like the fucking home run. <laughs> and, I mean, that song still sends chills down my fucking neck, you know. And Only Children, I just, that was one I slept on. Like, when he put it out, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. I didn't really, like, I half-assed listen to it. And then that was the one where the other night I'm just sitting out there with my drink and my cigar and I'm just enjoying everybody fucking off and leaving me alone for a couple hours. <laughs> it probably wasn't even that long, but felt like it. Uh... And that, that song, it was like it came on and it just really hit me. And that was the moment I really absorbed it. I was like, fuck, this is really good. Overseas is a really great song. St. Peter's Autograph is another highlight for me. Um, Be Afraid grew on me. At first, I was like, ah, I think we talked about it before. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah, see, because I like that right out of the gate. Because I guess that's more of a rock song right. than anything else. But I'm going to say this. The one negative thing and... Everybody knows I fucking love Jason Isbell. I have nothing bad to say about him until now. That opening song needs to just not be on the fucking album. Because seriously, this is that this is okay, so what have I done to help? See, I didn't <coughs> see I didn't mind that, but I do think that it's like six minutes. Oh dude, long. way it too long. It doesn't need to be six no, minutes. Way too long. long. Yeah. I wouldn't hate it so much if it wasn't so long. This is how I felt about that song. I felt like it starts, it gets to the chorus, what have I done to help, what have I done to help? And then five minutes later, it's still just, what have I done to help, what have yeah. I, like, Jesus, fuck, yeah. you didn't fucking help anything by writing the song, I'll tell you that. Like, now you just irritated the piss out of me. It's a, I love this guy. God damn it, he ain't gonna hear this anyhow. But I feel like. Maybe he will. I'm not trying to hate Tag on. Tag him on Instagram. I mean, look, I'm just gonna tell you right now, like, I fucking love this dude. He's like a hero. I don't throw the word hero around a lot, but when it comes to a fucking songwriter, like this guy really is one of my heroes. And I look up to him a ton as a songwriter. But fuck. Yeah. I wish that song was not the opening track. It's such a terrible opening track. It, it sets the mood totally wrong for the rest of the record. It makes me not want to listen to the rest of the record. Yeah. I mean, thank God Dreamsicle followed it up. and was like, ah, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. But I mean, if I if I could, when I get the vinyl, if I could, I would just go in and like sand the grooves down on the first song, so that when I, I drop, drop the, the needle, needle, it just yeah. slides right to the second <laughs> song. 
I'm sorry, man. I, maybe some people really are like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a great song. See, I think it is good. <sighs> it's a good song, but yeah. Somebody like, needed I to shorten I noticed that it's like a... Yeah. It's an irritating six thing. Six minutes. More than what oh, it is man. anything. It just keeps going. That whole last... The whole outro just keeps going and going and going and going and going and going and going. Yeah, you see, you get my yeah. fucking point. Like, anybody listening to that, that's what the end of that fucking song sounds like. Yeah. Sorry, rant over. Oh, no. I'm on oh, fire today, ain't I, yeah. man? I'm just fucking worked up about everything. This is what a hangover and too much coffee and more alcohol do to a guy. Finally, somebody coming over, I guess. Yeah, hanging out with somebody besides my... My children and wife. I can finally just cuss and rant about yeah. whatever I want. I went for a walk yesterday morning. Like, I woke up early and I went to the riverfront and kind of walked around for a while. And that overseas song, I liked it. But he's saying something like, my love won't change. And there's this, I think it's reverby, some kind of guitar thing. Um, there was something, I was trying to place that song. And I was like... What kind of guitar is that? It sounds like something to me. And I'm like, is it um, Steve Earle? And I'm like, no, it's not Steve Earle. Is it like something else? And, then, and I was like, it's Mark Knopfler, the Dryer Straits or something. Is that something you picked up on? No. Well, just... no, I didn't. I'd have to go back and listen to it now because I'm not hearing it in my There's head, some but... guitar part where I was like, God, this sounds like another song. That... That guitar tone sounds like Are you just like talking something. the tone? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, what is that? Well, it sounds like a Stratocaster, so... Oh, oh okay. See, I don't... And Mark Knopfler does play Strat, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't you're know on something. tone or something, but I'm like, that sounds like something yeah. that I've heard before. Sounds like a Strat to me. Uh. See, how do you even know that? I mean, I have strats and Telecasters and shit sitting uh, over there. All right. well, see, I, don't I don't know. Maybe I just need to pick up a guitar. I didn't say I know that. I'm just saying that's what it sounds like to me. I could be wrong. You know, maybe if we got Jason on the show, he'd be like, hey, what guitar did yeah. you play on that? He'd be like, well, it was actually a Paul Reed Smith. He doesn't play that shit. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But it was actually a Paul Stanley so signature like, Iceman. I don't know. Like, I think stuff like that's cool, though. Like, I wish I knew more of that stuff. I don't yeah, know. I don't know, man. I'll, I'm like, I'll oh, go, it sounds like burp, burping. I'll go plug in the Strat after this. We'll see. We'll see if it sounds like that guitar tone. I sound like Daniel Decay. That like totally like threw me off too because I was like laughing at that man. He was a trip. That dude was, you know, <laughs> he was a energetic fella. I enjoyed listening. All these interviews, I want to gain more confidence in myself. Right. Like, not to toot my own horn, or to get you to toot my horn, or whatever. I'm not tooting your horn. <laughs> that just sounds gross. Yeah, that does. Well, I don't know if we uh, have much more to talk about. We had discussed doing... Here's 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 oh, one thing I have okay. to say, though, with Jason Isbell, is, is it's weird. You know how uh, shows are being pushed back to, like... I've seen tours get pushed back to the fall. Right. And then, like, Rage Against the Machine, we mentioned Tom Morello. They took their summer tour, and they're just like, nope, we're just doing it next summer. And then even, like, I think Judas Priest, they've been promoting, yeah, we're doing our tour now in the fall or something. Like, people keep mm -hmm. moving stuff to the fall. Which Jason Isbell, I actually bought tickets to see oh, him yeah. in Moline, and I bought him. Like, I don't know if you wanted to go or not. I, I forgot bought two all about tickets. that, yeah. It's June 23rd in Moline, 
And it's like at the... I think it's at the start of his tour. Like his tour dates start mid-June. And this is June 23rd on a Saturday. <clears throat> and I've looked at this and I'm like, is this guy going to move his tour dates? Or is he holding on to these? Or is it the promoters or what? But it's like a month away. And I'm like, yeah, is this happening? And I'm like... Come on, Jason. Yeah, like I was like... What have you done to help? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if this... Well, obviously, Illinois, right. uh, the governor's <clears throat> like, nope, we're not doing any events of any kind. Fireworks are being, like, you know, canceled. Right, because he hates us. <laughs> so, like, uh, gatherings aren't going to happen. But I'm like, if this... if He's got the rest of his tour dates because other states are still open. I'm like, is he gonna still gonna come here or not? And I'm like, do I go? If it doesn't get canceled, I don't get the money back. It's only it's not like a lot of money, like nine hundred dollars for Tom Morello mm. or something. Um It's money though. But do I go and still see the show or do I wear a mask and stand in the back or what? I'm gonna go just touch people. Yeah. I'm just, just going to walk around like, and touch people. I'm going to hug people. I'm going to get yeah. drunk and just hug total random strangers. Yeah. So, so I got hey, weird about this show. I'm like, is this happening or what? It'll get moved. It's going to have yeah. to. I mean, it's just. Yeah. And even that venue, the Rust Belt, they moved everything else from the spring to the fall. Hmm. And it's like, this is just like an oddity. Like a, I don't know if he's just waiting or what. Quit dragging your feet, Jason. The people need to know. Yeah. Andy has tickets, you motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool for the show to happen, but... Yeah, or is it going to happen? Is it going to be, be like cool? Or is people going to be afraid to go? It could be outside. Move it to another And then a song, Be Afraid? Yeah. Be afraid. Be very afraid. But do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, it's weird, man. I don't um, know. Like We've never... Is he trying to be the test for shows to still happen? My head's just in a million different directions today. I apologize. I hope it was at least entertaining. I haven't done anything to help. And Andy hasn't <laughs> done anything. He's just let me. Let me rant. He's an enabler. Well, hey, we can sit here and babble about this shit all day long, I'm sure, which we can do with the microphone off. But So I guess there will be an interview with uh, Shane Tassert that Andy will be doing. And uh, you also have a Lady Gaga episode coming at you to uh, either look forward to or ignore. Either way (laughs) is fine, but I'm going to try to get her on the show because that's what I do. I just try to reach for stars that are so huge that they would never give us the time of day. That's right. And with all five listeners, that's some fucking record sales right there. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Gaga. All right. Be good to each other. Don't argue over politics or how to wear your fucking face mask. Just be nice. Do what you can to help out your fellow man. Or don't. Just shut the fuck up and stay out of everybody's way. We will talk to you next time. Peace. Like I was beating the bird from my hand And 
Missing tears on 